0: Alright guys, this is the Dana and Nick Show. We're doing a back-to-back episode this week. You know what? I liked my rant last time, so I'm going to do another one this week. This one is good. It might be better. So, before we jump into that, what's up, Nick? Buddy, I am in New Mexico. Northern New Mexico. Right near Santa Fe. It was an 8-hour drive to get out here yesterday. man. I made it, though. I'm here in the mountains. It's like 7,000 feet of elevation. You know what? It's nice up here. It actually snows on Christmas. It's crazy. Glad to get out of the desert. Hope things are good in Seattle. Wait till you hear my rant this week. It's solid, man. It is solid. All right, guys. Let's get to it.
1: Dane, you do know where I went to college, right? I may know a thing or two about snowy winters. If you've ever been to Pullman during the winter... It's usually covered in snow, freezing, windy, and absolutely freaking beautiful. And remember, I did like two stints in college, true story. So that's like seven years of these snowy winters. So have fun in New Mexico, enjoy the snow, which actually leads me to a quick story about Seattle weather. This is a Pac-12 show, I promise you. <laughs> we'll, we'll get some Pac-12 stuff here. But uh, so about two days ago in Seattle, there was like this like, really random twenty minute just downpouring of snow. Went to the grocery store to grab some water, you know, some veggies, whatever, just to prepare because I thought there might actually be snowfall. As I get to the store, there's this uh young kid who's a coup, he graduated from the same program as me. So always talk about cook sports and stuff like that. And while everyone else in Seattle's probably like freaking out about the snow, like, what do we do? You know, that sort of thing. And this kid just looks at me, goes is the weather bad outside? I'm like, ah, you know, it's snowing pretty hard. He just looks at me super casually and goes, eh, less hills. (laughs) Just a Pullman connection, just an idea of how if you've been to that college, you love the snowy winters, you get used to it, and it's a lot of fun to drink in that weather, just throwing that out there. All right, guys, this is the Dane and Nick show, where in this episode, Dane will give you a thoroughly (laughs) a thoroughly entertaining rant and truly man i laughed pretty damn hard when i heard this i um i'm not feeling as good as i'd prefer today and when i heard dane's rant i actually was questioning if i even wanted to do the show today maybe push it back a week or two and uh, i heard dane's rant and it fired me up i I was uh, ready to do the show seriously good stuff and uh for my portion after Dane's piece, I will give you my three big takeaways from this year's season. Pretty short intro today. Time to kick it back down to Dane in New Mexico and uh man just just do your thing.
0: Man, you can already guess what I'm going to say about this season. You know it doesn't matter. You know it doesn't matter. When you have three separate teams as a champion, a North and a South champion, then an entirely different Pac-12 champion, you have a team playing four games, you have two teams, three teams, playing four games, that's not a season. Let's not joke about it. This doesn't matter. Nothing here matters. There's a few... Noteworthy results that make a difference over the long run. One of them is USC's loss to Oregon in the championship game. Another one is Arizona State's demolishing of Arizona and Tucson. And then maybe you can throw in something like California beating Oregon and Stanford rattling off four straight wins to end the year. But come on, man. You have a team like Colorado, who probably should have been in the championship game against USC. You look at what the ACC did. You know what they did? They said, the divisions don't matter this year. This is crazy. This is a COVID season. Games are getting canceled left and right. The championship game is the game with the teams with the two best records. That's what should happen in the Pac-12. They didn't do it that way. So now you have Oregon as your champion, even though they didn't even win the North. What the heck? Man, this is not a season. This is not a season. This is just something that we're going to look back on and go, what the hell, Pac-12? This was not a season. Man... But alright, you know, (laughs) Oregon is playing Iowa State in the Fiesta Bowl. Let's watch this game. Because you know what? The Pac-12's reputation is dependent on an Oregon victory. They gotta win. They can't lose to Iowa State. Who the hell is Iowa State? Iowa freaking State. Iowa State? The Big 12? It's not even a Big Ten team. You better not lose to a. Big 12 team called Iowa State. Nah, you're Oregon. You are Oregon. I don't care who's on Iowa State. I don't care. I don't whatever quarterback is Purdy. I don't care. You're Oregon. You beat them. You do not lose that game. You do not come into Tempe, Phoenix, Glendale, wherever that arena is. You do not lose this game to Iowa State on Pac-12 turf on the West Coast. You do not lose that game. Colorado facing Texas and Texas. Man, oh, this is a game. This is one of those games that might sneak up on you. This is a good one. Colorado lost Nate Landman. They're one of the best linebacker in the country. Not one of the best linebackers. The best linebacker in the country. Nate Landman went down to injury. He's not playing in this game. That's a huge loss for Colorado. They got to face this Texas squad. Bijan Robinson straight out of Tucson. Freshman running back. Man, Texas is not a bad team. Colorado is going to have their hands full. Remember what happened last year to Utah against Texas? Blowout. Embarrassing. Pac-12 takes a massive hit. Colorado wins that game. Whew. Man, watch out. Carl Durrell is going to get swiped. He's going to get swiped by somebody in the SEC in the Big 12. Not the Big 12, the Big 10. Big 10 or the Big or the Big 10 <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm so hyped up. Colorado's got to win that game. But if they lose, it doesn't hurt the back 12. But if they lose by a lot, it does. For me, for next season, I'm looking at Stanford. I'm looking right at Stanford, Routed off four straight wins. You got Davis Mills probably coming back. You got Jones as your running back, running all over kids. You got Feheco, who knows if he's going to the NFL or not you got weapons up there on the farm. You have a win over Washington. You did lose to Oregon at the beginning of the year, but Mills wasn't available because of a false positive COVID test. Another reason this season doesn't matter. In the South, you know, I'm looking at USC again, but I think Utah is probably going to be ranked in the top 25 week one preseason poll. I like that DTR is coming back at UCLA. You are losing Felton, though, so it's going to be a bit of a a job to replace that production on the ground. But this season, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But, you know what? There's two bowl games for us to watch. Both of them are well-renowned, respected bowl games. You have two programs that are vying for respect, Colorado is like the, what, team, how, who, how did they get there? And then Oregon is the, we expected this, they must win this game type of deal. We'll see how it goes. I'll throw it out to Nick. See what he's got to say. This is me. Shout out. See you next time.
1: <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. All right. Dan, that that was so funny, man. But I have to know who were you shouting out at the end? Like that That's probably my favorite part of the rant. Like who seriously you give like this impassioned rant and then just like out of nowhere just shout out. Like, were you shouting out yourself? Cause usually you know shout-outs are like I shout out my mom, I shout out my dad, I shout out my sister, you know, I shout out my girlfriend, whatever. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know who you were shouting out, man. I, I hope you're shouting out yourself because if you were, that is the biggest boss move of all time. All right, guys. Um, here, give me one more second. All right. All right. Here are my uh, three takeaways from the season. And first off, I do want to say it is a very balanced league. I think you all know I've thought the Pac-12 was an inferior league for a long time. But in my opinion, they're starting to buck that trend. I think they've moved up to the kind of bad average level to an actual average real, pot, real power five conference team now. And I know that's probably different than what other media outlets are saying because we don't have an elite team at the top. But for the first time in what feels like a long time, I feel that there, I feel that there are multiple respectable teams in each division. If you just look at the North, you got Oregon, UW, Stanford, and all these teams could prove dominant going forward. And while Cal WSU and OSU had their struggles this year, none of these teams can be considered cakewalks, which is definitely different from previous seasons. All six of these teams look like real power five rosters. So if you're looking at the North in its totality, every single team can compete and led by Oregon, UW, and Stanford at the top, seems like a very solid division to me. Seriously, like, I think you all know, as I just stated, like, I've called out the Pac-12 for years for being an inferior conference, but that looks like a respectable division going forward. If you hop down to the south, you got Utah, USC, ASU, UCLA, and many other media members would say Colorado is good. I'm still not sold on the Buffs. Haven't been all year and not changing that now, but they are definitely respectable. I think their record speaks for itself. So looking at the South, that's five teams that are very respectable. Utah looking good. USC looking good. ASU and Herm Edwards. And I think UCLA, UCLA looked very solid as well this year. Very solid. If you look at the conference in its totality, 11 out of the 12 teams are formidable which is a strong step in the right direction. Really, really strong step, I should say. With the exception of Arizona, every team in conference should be respected. If Oregon, USC, UW, or maybe an outsider like Utah make it back into the top 10 next season, I think that the Pac-12 will instantly get a lot of respect. The media may go to extremes at one point or another, you know, like the Pac-12 is the worst conference of all time. That's what a lot of people may be thinking now. I don't think that at all. I think that's overreaction. And sometimes people may say things just to get views for lack of better terms. And it really is easy to judge from the top down, but I watched a lot of Pac-12 football this year, (laughs) maybe a, a little too much, seriously, but I saw a lot of talented teams, very talented conference from top to bottom. Second point here. It's not often that I dedicate a season wrap up to a specific player, but he deserves it. And I'm going to be talking about Nate Landman. That's Colorado's linebacker for, if you don't know that by now, that's kind of weird. While I'm not sure if he will ever become a notable player in the NFL, His level of play in Colorado transformed the program. Obviously not single-handedly, but what a huge piece. I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like it. The best example I can give is the CU versus Utah game. When he was in the game, the Buffs dominated the first half and looked like the all-around better team really, taking a 17-7 lead into the break. I believe that Nate got hurt sometime in the second quarter. So again, the first half, the Buffs looked like the better team, controlled the line of scrimmage, and thoroughly just really was beating Utah at their own game. However, in the second half, when he was out in its entirety, the Utes outscored CU twenty-eight to zero. Sometimes you don't realize how good a player he is until they're really gone. With Landman off the field, Colorado is probably a five hundred team at best. With him. On the field, many media members think of CU as one of the top teams in the conference. Again, I still don't, but I respect Landman. Bottom line is, USC safety Talano Hufanga put up much better stats than Landman. Much better. And rightfully deserve the Pac-12 player of the year. I love Hufanga. I respect what a good safety can do on defense. I believe it's the most important position on the field on the defensive side of the ball. And Hufanga is an absolute stud. So... Don't get that twisted, but no individual is more important to their respective team than Landman. He's a delight to watch a true old school, hard-nosed football player and my Pac-12 defensive player of the year. And my third point, and you're probably not going to forget Dane's rant, but if you want to forget about my take on Landman, you want to forget about my take on what I talked about before, the respectability of the conference, having 11 out of the 12 teams be good this is really what I want you to remember really for our episode today or for my portion of this episode. So for the final point of the season, I do want to end on a positive. And while I do agree with everything Dane said in regards to the structure and competitive balance of the season, I'm going to tell you why this season did actually matter. When Oregon state beat Oregon this year, those bees players will remember that game for the rest of their lives. Regardless of all the variables during this season, we got to see these kids just living moments they will never, ever, ever forget. Seeing those OSU players, it made me happy. It made me happy. This is why I love sports, this is why I watch sports. the ultimate equal playing field. Just what a game, what a game. So what about the moment when Stanford's defensive end Thomas Booker? Blocked the extra point to beat rival Cal. He will remember that forever. These moments did matter. They were important. And they were real. And now I turn to you. Did you have fun? Look, let's just, let's just be honest here for a second. Is this how we all expected the Pac-12 season to turn out? No. Are we a laughing stock nationally? Yes. Did <laughs> Everyone drop out of bowl games, yes. Should we focus on this? No. And that's enough with the rhetorical questions here. But here's what I remember. And here's what I remember. USC vs. ASU Week 1. Crazy onside kick and multiple 4th down conversions. Ending with a 4th and 9 touchdown pass to take the lead. Absolute dime from Keaton Slovis to Drake London. On a 4th and 9 to win the game after onside kick. What a phenomenal outing. As another game we touched on. Another matchup we touched on a little bit earlier. Was Oregon State versus Oregon. Probably one of the best college football games. I've ever watched in my life. Jamar Jefferson literally willing his team to victory. Uh, almost touchdown on 2nd and goal. Uh, QB gets knocked out of the game on 3rd and goal. And on 4th. A random backup sneaks the ball in the end zone to defeat an undefeated rival. A lot of these Oregon State players are not going to make the NFL. They're not like Oregon. They're not like USC. They're not like UW. What a game. They know no business being in it. I know I just said this a little bit ago, but just what a freaking game. Another matchup that was thoroughly exciting this year was Washington versus Utah. The Utes were up 21-0 at half. And somehow, just somehow a magical comeback led by UW's freshman quarterback Dylan Morris culminated by a game winning touchdown pass with 30 seconds with 36 seconds left to give the dogs a 24 to 21 victory. A true freshman came back to beat the two time defending South champs down 21 zero at the half. What, what a ball game, man. What a freaking show. And, Even in the final contest of the Pac-12 season, regular season, in Stanford versus UCLA, well, that was said really weird. Basically, Stanford versus UCLA, the final game of the Pac-12 season, ended in double overtime, guys. And only got there because of a botched snap in a game that the Bruins had won. I mean, they literally could have kneeled the ball and kicked the field goal and won, but they didn't. They botched the snap. The game ended up going to double overtime. And... That's how our season ends. The first game of the year, USC versus ASU, onside kick, and a bunch of fireworks. The final game of the regular season, Stanford versus UCLA, ending in double overtime. And the middle was just as good. There were some truly phenomenal, remarkable, astounding games this season. And I was thoroughly entertained. I really freaking was. Up until about that last week, you know, I, I don't really get the whole playing games after your conference championship has been played that was a little tough for me but with the exception of that I had a hell of a lot of fun this year but more importantly than was it fun for me it's about the memories the memories that these kids were able to make in a tight-knit close setting in the middle of a worldwide pandemic when these youngsters think COVID era they can still talk about that one time on the field That one time on the field. Alright guys. We are out. I'll be speaking to you on some platform. On 2021. We'll be sure to let you know. When the Dane and Nick show comes back. We kind of just do it from time to time. So. we, We don't necessarily know. We just feel the moment when it's right. And collaborate. And as Dane said. So fucking perfectly. So fucking perfectly. Oregon. Go beat the living piss out of Iowa State. Go beat the living crap out of the freaking Cyclones. The conference needs it, guys. The conference needs it. Ducks do your part. We're out. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Everyone, spread love. Be joyful. Interesting times. Make the best of it. Love you all. Peace out. For, peace out. Well, man, same thing as last week. So smooth till the very end. Seriously, for Dane and I, peace out, adios, and thank you for tuning in.